hardest one to um, to explain, I guess. In your notes here, it says that there's, there's two questions that really uh, disturb believers and unbelievers alike. Christians and non-Christians alike, we, I, I hear it often, these two questions. And one of them is, if, if God is just, and, 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 and God's justice means that he's, he's always right, he, he does everything right, the, the, the decisions he makes, the things he allows in his wisdom, in his sovereignty, He's always right. He's never wrong. And he's, he, he always acts justly, righteously. And if that's true, why do bad things happen to good people? That's a question that have, ha, I've been confronted with many, many times. And I've even asked myself and I've even prayed to God. I, I remember going to uh, the, the church in Texas, Canada that we was at before this one, uh, just Right as we were getting there, uh, um, one of our deacons had his his um, mother had passed away. Which um, you know, anytime a, a loved one passes away, that's a tragedy. But she was you know um, in, in her nineties, and they were kind of expecting it for a while. But during the the funeral service, some of his children came in from out of town, and they had just finished with the funeral and was, was getting ready to leave and one of the children had got out of the car and was playing and the parents came out and didn't realize that the child had gotten out of the car and backed up and ran over the child, just, just a, you know, um, still in a car seat, but old enough to get out and get around. Well, well what a tragedy. And I thought, well, God, that's just not fair. A few years later, this same deacon, his his wife had just retired from teaching school and she had a massive heart attack and, and died. And I thought, God, that's just not fair. And so I had to ask myself, and as I had to answer the question, why does God allow those things to happen to such a good, good, godly man? That man was one of my, my, my closest friends in Texarkana. He was a man that we met every morning, or not every morning, but every week, we met together to pray together. Good, still a good friend. Why does God allow those things to happen to such good, godly people? And then the next question is, is why do good things happen to bad people? How come, that probably bothers me even more than others. And, 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 and I, I think... Um, the, the, the author of this said the same thing in your, in your Sunday school. When you see bad people that just really, they're not even trying to live for God, not even trying to, 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 to serve Him, but good things keep happening to that person. How come? I've shared with you before that, that uh, Sal and I had prayed for more children, and, and, and she's had... Uh, 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 earlier in life she had a few miscarriages we finally took a sign from god yes god we, we understand this <laughs> we're only supposed to have one child we'll you know we, we, we'll, we'll quit trying but then i i see some drug addict that shooting up and shacking up and can have 10 or 15 kids that they don't even care about and i, I say god why why well, why are they blessed with children they don't even want 
And so those things, it's hard to, it's hard to, to describe. And it's hard to, to um, put into words other than to say God is always right. And what God allows is always perfect and always sovereign. And in his wisdom, he's always just and he's always perfect in everything he does and everything he allows. And I don't understand. Even as your pastor, I don't understand. And I know you don't always understand. But I can say this, God is always good. And he's always just. And, and, and the th things that he allows is always right. It says here that the real issue in life is that life is not always fair. That's true, life's not always fair. But God's always sovereign. He's always just. He's always fair. N not, not the way that we think of fair <laughs> as humans but in the fact that he's always just. And we see here a biblical worldview. You, you see this diagram here, and I know that, that a lot of this is very, very, even more so redundant than the other messages at, that goes along with your Sunday school lesson, but uh, he did such a good job, I just want us to revisit it a little bit. And I know some of you didn't make it to Sunday school, so this will be new for you, Okay. We see that in creation, that we had a perfect place and everything was perfectly fair. Andy Stanley tells his kids that, hey, whenever they'd say, oh, it's not fair, he'd say, uh, a fair life ended in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> we, unfortunately, we, we live in a broken world now. So we had everything was perfect, everything was, was fair and no problems. Of course, we messed that up, didn't we? Adam did. Mankind did. And if Adam hadn't, I would have, or you would have, or someone along the line would have. And then sin entered in, and God judged sin. He judged evil. He enacted his justice. He said that man now is in a sinful state, He's separated from me. And in Genesis 3.15, we have the very first time the gospel is mentioned. He says, and in, in, in the future, there's going to come one that through that person's uh, very body, the, the very seed of woman, is going to come one that's going to redeem mankind. But we began to live in, in a sinful world, in an un fair world where unfair things happen because of sin and then on your chart here you see that someday that, that, that someday in the future soon we hope that Jesus is coming back and he's going to once again he's going to judge the world in that final judgment but until then the Bible says that, that, that it rains on the just and the unjust. The bad things happen to everyone. And good things happen to everyone. And sometimes it just doesn't seem fair. And I know sometimes we say, but, but I don't understand, why doesn't God judge evil? And the answer is, he did. He did judge evil. 
He judged it when he cast them out of the Garden of Eden. He judged it when he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And the answer is also he will judge evil at the end of time, that final judgment. But I know when we say that, when I hear people say that, I know what they really mean. They really mean, why doesn't God judge evil now? Why doesn't he quit allowing bad things to happen now? Why doesn't he just judge it right now? And we've had, uh, I don't know, Miss Lisa, how many people, kids have we had saved in Iwana? Probably um, about, about how many? About 16 or 17? Aren't you glad that he didn't judge the world? It ended all about three months ago before those 16 kids got saved. You see? You see, right now we're living in an age called grace. He's given us grace. He's given sinners like me and like you. He's given us time to repent. He's given us time to come to Christ. He's given time for those 16 precious children that came into the kingdom. He's given us time. And yes, we live in a time of, of heartache and unfair things happening. But we also live, are living in a time of grace when men and women and boys and girls and children can be saved. Time of grace. Before he brings that last final judgment so i'm thankful that he's waited on his on the judgment of, to, to to judge evil and sin i'm thankful for grace i personally am thankful that he didn't send um his judgment 1981 because i got saved the next year <laughs> That would have been a drag, wouldn't it? Oh, man, I missed it by just a couple of months. God, why didn't you wait a little bit longer? In your notes, again, this is going to follow pretty close to, maybe exactly to your Sunday school lesson. I, I want us to just to, to, to walk back through it again. How does God reveal his justice to us? Well, we find in Romans that he does it through the natural order. And I, I, I don't have it on the screen for you, but in verse Romans chapter 1, verses 18, 19, and 20. Let me just read it for you. For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. From the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood through what he's made. You see, through what he's made, he's revealed that he's just, that he's perfect, that he's gracious, that all those other, that, that he's wise, that he's good, that he's sovereign, but most of all, that he's just. We can see it. We can look around and we can see, and, and, and it even says later on that, that because of that, we're without excuse. We have no excuse. Uh, now, now, that brings us to the next thing. Also, he reveals his justice to us through the human heart. Because it also goes on. And it tells us in chapter 2 that God gave us a conscience. I believe I may have this on the screen for you. Because they show 
that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them. This will, make, will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. In other words, listen, this is what it's saying. It's saying that God has put something within each and every human being. Everyone on earth has this thing called a conscience. Now, some people, their conscience is pretty seared and pretty calloused, and, and, but it, it didn't begin that way. Over time, it can become callous and can become seared, and so can yours if you say no to God and to his prompting enough. But God's originally, he gave us all a conscience, and that conscience gives us a, a, something inside of us that tells us this is right and this is wrong. I mean, even in the deepest jungles in some, some pagan country where, where they have headhunters, even those headhunters who they don't have a problem with hunting somebody's head. Even they don't want their head hunted. Because there's something within them that says, on some level, this isn't right. And on some level, I don't want that to happen to me. So even them, even those people without excuse, because God has revealed his, his, his justice to them, and they have a sense of right and wrong, even if they ignore it and ignore it and ignore it to the point that their conscience becomes seared and hardened. Well, also, he reveals his justice through his role as judge. As judge. I'm going to read a couple of verses of scripture to you. We'll have on the screen for you. 2 Timothy 4.8 says, Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Not only to me, but also to those who long for his appearing. Well, what about this one? John 5, 22, it says, Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to his Son. We'll, I'll repeat this in a, few mo in a few minutes, but the Bible teaches that we'll all stand before him someday. That we will all stand before Jesus Christ, the judge. Now, God the Father's not going to be judging us. But Jesus, have you ever wondered how come? Jesus is the one that sacrificed his life for you. He's the one that died on the cross for you. That's, by the way, that's, that's the next blank that we're about to fill in. He, he gave his life for you. He sacrificed himself for you. He's the one offering you free gift of salvation. He's the one that says, hey, I, just as Genesis 3.15 promised when sin came into the world, I'm going to be the answer to that sin. I'm... God had a standard of perfection and he held himself to that standard and sent his son to die and to redeem you so that he can still be just by offering you salvation because his son died for your sins. And still keeping the requirements which is sin. It was death for sin. 
So, as I told you, the next one is he reveals himself through the cross, through Jesus Christ. You see another diagram here. First Peter 3, 18 says, For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just being him and the unjust being us, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Also, through eternal, the promise of eternal retribution, through the promise of eternal retribution. In other words, as Scripture is about to show you that, I'm, I'm about to show you, uh, we will all someday get exactly what we deserve. Uh, maybe not. Because really, if we all got what we deserve, we'd all die and go to hell. And you say, preacher, I'm offended by that. You need to tell God, not me. <laughs> That's God's standards, not mine. I mean, I love you. I'd let you go to heaven. I mean, I believe I want, I want to see all of you in heaven. God does too. But he says there will be eternal retribution for believers and unbelievers. Hebrews 9.27 says, Just as people are destined to die once, and after that face judgment. Every person that's ever been on planet Earth, that ever will be on planet Earth, every person here in these pews under the sound of my voice, you will stand before a mighty God. We will stand in judgment. Now, of course, we don't have time to get into The Bible does talk about different judgments. It does. But he is a judge. He's a just judge. There will be no court of appeals. <laughs> so you and I, we must respond. And we must choose to embrace Jesus today as our Savior rather than later meet him as that righteous judge. You see, today, he's offering us, he says, you can either come to know me today as your savior, as your friend, or later as your judge. He's already been judged. He's already judged. God already judged him on the cross. He's already gone through that. You don't have to go through that judgment. But you see, there is a judgment even believers will go through. It's a judgment to where you answer for what you do after salvation, for your thoughts, for your deeds, for your actions. He says that he'll, all those things that's done in, in, in secret, he'll bring the light. You'll be judged for not only what you do, what you didn't do, and also why you did it. Lost people will be Judged by being cast into eternity without Christ. So choose today. Choose Jesus today. It says, Moreover, the Father judges no one, 
but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. I want you also to think about this, that we must also refuse to take revenge when treated unjustly, knowing that God, that he is a judge. Now, I know that a lot of you have been done wrong in your life. I know that because I've been done wrong in my life. I know that a lot of you have had unfair things happen to you in life. I know that because I have. And there's been times when I wanted to get even, when I, you know, my motto is I don't get even, I get ahead. Now, that's okay when you're playing a practical joke. <laughs> but whenever it's really something that's not funny, when it's really something that you're really um, been treated unjustly and unfairly and you're wanting to get revenge, the Bible says, no, you need to know that I'm watching, God is watching and that he will take vengeance for that. I mean, I know there's times when you want to give someone a piece of your mind, but please don't. You don't have enough to, to give away. <laughs> you, need, you need to keep all of it you can, okay? I know there's times when you want to just, uh, just, just bless someone with the right hand of Christian fellowship. I know you want to do that. Now, I'm not talking about in a self-defense situation when your life's in danger. I am talking about just getting revenge. We don't need to do that. We need to let God handle that. We need to let God be in charge of that. We need to let God be in control of that. Romans 12, 17 through 21 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. As long, as far as it's possible. There's some people I, I've met that it's just impossible to live at peace with them. You know what I do? I avoid them. So if we're walking down the street and you see me walk across the street and on the other side of the street to avoid, no, I'm teasing. Refuse to take revenge. And, and, and lastly, I want you to do this. I want you to really ponder deeply on your time, your talents, your treasures, and view the judgment seat of Christ and the injustices in our world. The judgment seat of Christ is a place where every Christian will stand to be judged, uh, to receive Awards and recognition from God. The Bible says that some of our deeds would be burned up like, like hay wouldn't stumble because it's done for the wrong reason. I want you to think about that. I, I, I want you to really think about, your, as a Christian, you're a walk with God and his, his justice. Even when things seem unfair and you want to get even, you want to have your say, you want your rights to be heard. I want you to just step back and I want you to think about, wait a second, do I really trust God to handle this? Do I really trust God to take care of this? Do I really trust God that he is just, that he's taking care of me, that he's watching over me, that he sees all things, that he knows all things? Listen, we trust a lot of things in this life. 
This morning, I trusted that my alarm was going to wake me up in time. I trusted that my, 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 my vehicle was going to get me here to work. We're trusting that these pews are going to uh, hold you up. And even trusting that this, this little side thing will keep you from falling out in the pew whenever you fall asleep. We're, hey, listen, you trust a lot of things in this life. Why do we have such a hard time trusting God? Why? Why do we really have a hard time trusting God? He's just, and he's watching over you. And he knows everything that's going on right at this moment. He knows those people that have done you wrong. He knows those things, that, those people that seem like they're cheating and getting ahead. He knows when bad things happen to you. He knows and he cares. I want you to watch this video real quick before we close. I guess I need to click on it. Have you ever felt like the world just isn't fair? <coughs> what do you have for me today, Allie? Like how come some people are so nice? And yet others can be so mean. Some even enjoy causing trouble or being bullies. And it's almost like nobody else sees it. Could you pay attention, Ellie? Nobody wants to help. It seem like good people get punished while bad people get away with it. Do you ever wonder whether God really cares? Is there anybody keeping track? She did it! She knocked me down! No, she just... Straighten the principal's office, Ellie. But what if there really is someone watching over you? Someone who sees everything. Miss Hartley, she stole my lunch money. And while we were in the gym, she pushed me and it hurt my arm. And it still hurts. God promises in the end, he will make all things right. He is always in the business of fixing things that don't make sense. Life is not always fair. But God is. It's one of the most important things you can ever know about Him. God is just. As, as you leave today, I want you to remember that that's one of the most important things you can know about God. In this whole study of us getting to know the real God, it's important to you, for you to know life may not be fair, 
but God is. God is just, and God is watching. And someday, uh, his perfect judgment will be executed. But right now, right now, at this moment, he, instead of you meeting him as judge someday, he wants you to come to know him as Savior. He wants you to have a relationship with him. Hey, listen, he even wants your enemies to have that. That really doesn't seem fair, does it? But that's the grace of God. He offers salvation to everyone. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I can trust God even when I don't understand him. And so can you. Let's think about that as we pray. Father, thank you for today. We love you and praise you. We worship you. We magnify you, God. We confess, God, I confess I need you, God. Father, I confess that at times uh, life is confusing and things doesn't seem fair and I, I don't like things that happen sometimes, but Father, you promised that all things work together for good to those that love you. Even bad things can work out for good if we just trust you. If we just know that you're watching and that even when life isn't fair, you are. You're just and you're perfect and you're right. Father, I pray that we may turn to you and trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.